Thank you for clicking on the Randomly Reviewed podcast. Please note this podcast does contain adult humour and content that some listeners may find offensive. New episodes are released weekly. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, you can tweet us at Randomly Reviews or search Randomly Reviews podcast on Facebook for our Facebook page. And now, on with the show. Welcome to Randomly Reviewed, where we review something randomly each week. This week we reviewed Hamlet 2. On the podcast this week is me, Mark, Zell, and Jennings. Hello. Hi guys. Hello. Not going to ask me how my week went. Nope. <laughs> how did your week go, Mark? Amazing. I heard you got beaten up in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> you know that's not going to go in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Straight off the bat. Sore loser. <laughs> I did not lose. You died though, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> How was your week, Jennings? Seeing as Mark's um, going to ask. My, my week was fine. I, I just worked all of it. It was a bit bored. and uh, I watched Hamlet 2 twice, which was two times too many in all honesty with you. Mark, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I watched Hamlet two times, uh, Hamlet two two times this week, so I watched it today, actually. I watched it on Monday. Why did you watch it twice? So I knew what I was talking about, but I've you probably know. seen it about ten ten times already. <laughs> I feel sorry for you. No, I had like a big massive lump on my arm. Oh wow, that's rank. It's a tumor, and it actually burst today. Was it a spot or like... It's like a cyst. Oh, that's class. Can I squeeze it? No, I've already squeezed the fuck out of it. Ah. But it's been there for months and months and months. And it's just like... Did this it last week, like... it's been... It got massive. I was like, oh, shit. Did it feel like a... <laughs> if, I'm gonna get, if I'm going to get cancer, it's going to be fucking arm cancer. <laughs> it's going to be shit, some shit cancer. Arm cancer. <laughs> yeah, it's like... It's the most blandest <laughs> cancer there is. <laughs> you didn't go to a doctor or anything. You just went, no. Okay. <laughs> If I'm going to die from arm cancer, I'll die from arm cancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But at uh, best today, I was quite relieved. It was disgusting. <laughs> so it, did loads of pus come out of it? Or? Yeah, loads. <sighs> and blood as well. That's class. Fucking weirdo. <laughs> I love cysts. Don't you ever go on YouTube and look up cyst videos where you just see the woman... No! Like, Oh, that's disgusting. Dr. Pimple no. Popper. Why the fuck would you watch that? It's really satisfying. No fucking way. It is. It is amazing. No thanks. You just watch this, just like proper cysts just coming out and then they scrape the uh, sc- uh, scalpel around the sack so it doesn't uh, get reinfected and then they plug it up with gauze. It's amazing. I really recommend watching it. I've disgusted watching my own. <laughs> oh, I'm going to try and not swear as much this week as well. You're gross. What, are you trying to get your mum to listen? <laughs> no, no, it's just uh, after hearing the um, lethal weapon one, I, like every like... other word I say is either a swear word or just mm. <laughs> And God doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah, God doesn't like it. Bad boy Bobby told me that. Mm. So, fact file. Fact file. Have you got a fact file? I've got a fact file. I've got a fact file. Maybe because all right. 
yourself. Massive cunts. <laughs> Del, how was your week? Fuck off. <laughs> I heard you killed Mark in D&D. He didn't kill me. He jizzed on you. No, um, I did kill you. I rolled a 17 and you died. No, you didn't. No, die. you froze him, didn't you? Or... No, afterwards, because we left, left him frozen, and then we're like, oh, we'll come back. So we came back, and then I killed him. <laughs> I didn't die. <laughs> anyway, on with your fact file. Okay, uh, it had a budget of $9 million, and came uh, out at the box office with $4.9 million. So That's $4 million too many. It, it, it did not do well. Uh, it came out in August 22nd, 2018. Uh, it's what? only 19... What? It's 2002, isn't it? 2008. 2008. What did I say? 2018. Oh, shit. <laughs> My bad, sorry. 2008. Uh, it, it, it's only 92 minutes long. It didn't feel like it. Uh, Roger Ebert gave it a three out of four stars, saying it was a good showcase of Steve Coogan's talent. Hmm. Uh, there are five stars in this film. Uh, there's Steve, I'm now a dead-eyed sellout who wishes he could be relevant in comedy again, Coogan. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, only ever be known for 40-year-old virgin Keena. Amy, Parks and Rec, Polar. David, I was WCW champion once, Arquette. And Elizabeth, nominated for an Oscar because I got my tits out in leaving Las Vegas shoe. Uh, it was directed by Andrew Fleming, whose most famous film is The Craft. So, anyone watch The Craft? No. no. Oh, yeah, is it with those kid witches? Well, the four women. Well, they're schoolgirls, but they're all like 30 yeah. when they played them. He also did a remake of Problem Child in 2015. That's probably going to be terrible. And he also directed an episode of Arrested Development. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> He's done quite a few TV things. Um... Uh, he also appeared in the remake of Annie. Mm. Uh, it was written by Fleming and Pam Brady, who has done actual funny films uh, and shows like South Park and Team America. She only um, wrote one episode of South Park. Uh, I think she was a consultant. She was on... a consultant on one, one of the... She also wrote Hot Rod, which I like. Mm. I, always, I always thought that was a shit version of Napoleon Dynamite, really. I never really rated it. Anyway, uh, it has a rating of 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb and 62% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, after looking through the user reviews of the film, a lot of people enjoyed it. Uh, one running theme was, you may want to start halfway through, um, which I would agree with completely. <laughs> I'll say start at the end credits. <laughs> uh so, have you got any more? Um, a rough edit was prepared for the 2008 Sundance Film Festival, where it was first screened. Um, an all-night bidding war took place after the screening, which Focus Features won for $10 million. And it went on to gross just under $5 million worldwide, which you've already said. Yep. It was filmed in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And it was set in Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> wow! Cover everything else. That <laughs> there's not a lot of uh, facts for this movie. 
And there's reasons for that. Uh, so Hamlet 2, play by play. Play by play. Uh, so we start off with a highlight reel of Stu Coogan, uh, starting with a juicer advert where he can't put an apple in a juicer. Uh, then the Xena Warrior Princess, where a unicorn is shoved up his bumhole. Um, a herpes advert with Steve Coogan narration ending, Where Did Dreams Go to Die? And it turns out to be Tucson, Arizona. Uh, Steve is backstage at a school production of Erin Brockovich. It's quite close to the original. Uh, it does lift the exact lines from it. Um, but only has two actors. Uh, they bow out the audience of 12. Wow. You count the actual number of audiences. That's how bored you were. That's the beginning of the film. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he paused it to do that. He, didn't, he wasn't bored. He just paused it and counted and carried on. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't have. Even if I was doing play by play, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'd be like, when is this you shit would do over? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> For this one, definitely. Um, cut to the next day, and Steve goes uh, to his two actors during lunch and gets them to read the review in the school paper. It's not nice. Uh, Steve gets angry and confronts the reviewer. He's 13. <laughs> I, love, I love the reveal of the reviewer as a child. <laughs> uh, he gives Steve the idea to write his own stuff, and his Ameri American accent is really jarring. They should have just let him use his English one. That's because um, you're used to his voice, though. I am used to his voice, but the American accent in it is really, really annoying. Again, because you're used to his voice. I just put shit American accent because it was shit American accent. It's a pretty good American accent. Again, you're used to his voice. <laughs> no, just because I'm used to his voice doesn't mean I can't judge whether the accent's good or not. And it was a shit accent. It wasn't shit at all. You're shit. Like Stringer Bells in... <laughs> yeah, that's shit hot. Yeah. Tom Holland in Spider-Man. Like, there's quite a few good American accents from British actors. And House. his isn't... Yeah. Houses is really good. Steve Coogan's is not. But this is New Mexico. So? It's a New Mexican accent. It's Arizona. Slightly different. Well, it's next to New Mexico. And he's not originally <laughs> from Arizona. That's where they moved to. From where? I think it was LA because he was doing adverts, wasn't he? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, but was he originally from LA? No, it does say... Oh, you're, we're talking way too much about this film already. Come on. It does say where he's originally from. We're talking too much about this film. <laughs> this the, podcast is about this film. This film. <laughs> um, we cut to next door autumn and see Steve in his kitchen with David Arquette and Steve's wife. David seems simple. Steve's wife... <laughs> David seems simple. Uh, Steve's wife hates David. And wants to sell pot to get rid of him. Uh, Steve roller skates to work. He gets to school and finds out a load of urban kids have joined drama. Steve can't control the classroom. It turns out asbestos was in the other school activities. That's why they are all there. Steve grabs the attention by shouting, Fucking bastards. He is not a very good teacher, from what I can understand. Steve then gets one of the original students up, called Rand, to do an impression of a cat. It's poor. <laughs> it's cringy as fuck. <laughs> it's like, um, what was that politician that did impression mm. of a cat on Big Brother? <laughs> oh, I want to say George Galloway. Um, it was George Galloway. Was, yeah. Uh, yeah, with... Esther Ranson? No, it was the woman who used to 
the Uncanny Everett show. Can't remember her name. That was the feminist woman. What, Janet Street Porter? Yeah. Wasn't it her? Oh no, Jermaine Greer, do you mean? Oh yeah, that woman. I don't think it was with Jermaine Greer. I don't think it was her. Well, it doesn't matter. Like, no, let's okay. let's not talk. <laughs> let's then go down another dirt road. <clears throat> um, he then goes about uh, seeing a Mexican kid's bottom. He wants to see your bottom. He, I want to see your bottom. What did you say to me? I want to see your bottom. In sh- in uh, yeah, Midsummer <laughs> Night's Dream. Midnight. Uh, uh, he goes on about Shakespeare and kicks a bin at the quiet girl's head. Yolanda. <laughs> that name always reminds me of EastEnders. Yes, I was thinking that one. <laughs> Yolanda, Yolanda. <laughs> Get out the road, Trevor. You're making a scene. I don't care, Yolanda. I love you. <laughs> right. Uh, we move on to Act 2, called Having Mexican Food. Cut to his wife, Steve and Dave, eating at a Mexican restaurant. Uh, she is getting hammered on a massive pina colada. Nice. Uh, the wife wants a kid, and she threatens to stab Steve if he is firing blanks, uh, which is not very nice. She Considering is... he is actually firing blanks. So I have missed out on the uh, girl in this who is starts off racist and then starts shagging one of the Mexican blokes. But I can't bother with that, because it's a bit of a crap segue. Uh, yeah, so she's getting massively hammered on a pina colada. She's a massive bitch. She is. She is quite a horrible. To Dana, my husband. The fuck was I thinking? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but it's understandable. I can see where she's coming from because he is a massive loser. Um, he's not even redeeming in any sort of way. We'll get onto the review about that. Anyway. Uh, also, she's not a very nice woman. There we go. Cut to the class and Steve walks in wearing a dress. He picks a fight with the Mexican kid and the Mexican kid puts him down with one punch. Uh, The head teacher tells him they are cancelling drama. Steve, after hearing the news, walks back into the classroom and has a meltdown and faints. Uh, Is he acting? No, he's not that good. (laughs) That is the line which was used in the advert. And... Trailer. The trailer. And in the trailer, they, like I've gone on about this in my review, but in the trailer, if you watch the trailer after you've watched the film, none of the jokes sync up to where they were actually supposed to be. Yes, but it's more than that's in that one. It's because uh, he gets his finger stuck in the door and then yeah. they use, he's not that good an actor. Weird. Uh, well, no, it's just because it's a shit film and they had to mix and match the... You're a shit film. <laughs> uh, Steve, after hearing the news, walks back and has a meltdown. Uh, cut to the fertility clinic, and Steve meets Elizabeth Chew. He fanboys all over her, and he convinces her to talk to his drama class. Uh, she is disenfranchised with Hollywood at this moment in time, and doesn't want to be there anymore, and would rather be a nurse in a fertility cl- clinic in Tucson, Arizona. Elizabeth Shue, nominated for her Oscar, decides to become a nurse. Decides to be in this fucking movie. (laughs) So anyway, cut to the classroom and we find out they need six grand to save drama. He finds the reviewer and he bounces the idea of a musical version of The Lake House. 
he doesn't like this. And then comes up with Hamlet 2. The reviewer says something. Uh, some things are so bad they become good. We move on to Act 3, the creative process. Steve is in his office trying to write. He's stuck for inspiration. Writing is hard, man. <laughs> and but, then he looks at the guy, what is your fucking problem, man? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like the cat very much in that scene. Uh, yeah, then Pavarotti comes on and he starts writing because he's, in, ooh, sorry, uh, because he's inspired. Uh, he prints the script out on the old Vidi printer. Like, I miss them. The old Vidi printers where it's got the... Top metrics. Yes. Perforated edges. Yeah. I love them. Just reminds me of football. Uh, what? Because they used to print them out on that. So it used to... Print what out? It's football results. Oh. On a Vidi printer. That's why they call it a Vidi printer. Uh, the wife reads the start of it and we find out Hamlet has a time machine and Hillary Clinton is also in it. Uh, cut to the classroom and Steve hands the script out. Uh, they do a read through and find out the Mexican can act. The racist lass starts a fight by being racist and <laughs> stops it. Uh, and to stop it, he takes them for nachos. Uh, cut to an arcade and Rand asks if he's done something wrong. Steve says no and rubs a phallic object on his face. The class are getting drunk. <laughs> It was a balloon, it was, it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> he was, so Steve goes up to him. <laughs> Rand goes up to him and just goes, have I done anything wrong? No, no, you're the teacher's pet. You're the teacher's pet. Let me rub my balloon on your face. <laughs> mm, it, yeah, it's obviously meant for jokes, but it's still weird. Uh, the class are getting drunk and uh, Steve wants to go home. They feed Steve a mango iced tea. I like that when he says it's a slippery slope. Beer, liquor, dope, coke, meth, chicken with dicks, then jail. <laughs> when he's trying to top them out of buzzing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's good that you lifted that one line from that scene. <laughs> they feed Steve a mango iced tea with LSD in it. Cut to Steve without pants on a couch in a field with uh, the police pick him up. Time begins and stops now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cut to the classroom. He says to the coppers, are you sending me to the gas gym? <laughs> Did that remind you of when I, went, <laughs> when I had a piss on the side of that um, museum? No. No. It did not. Oh. Did it you? No, but that bit just there did. <laughs> it would have been funny if that's what you asked the police. Do you know what happens now? Yeah, you're sending us to the gas chamber. <laughs> yeah, we go on the sex offenders list. No, no, that's not what happens, you idiot. <laughs> you fucking moron. But apparently in America, that is what happens. See? I wasn't that stupid. Well, you are, but... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Different country. Not for that reason. Um, cut to the classroom. Steve asks for his pants back. Rand gets... Uh, Rand, the class geek, quits because he feels marginalised. Oh um, man, you can't quit now. <laughs> that is one of the Mexicans just <laughs> doing an impression of Rand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like it when Rand goes, I hate you, you stupid fat fucker. <laughs> and then he slaps him in the face and then goes, am I fat? <laughs> yeah. uh, the, keep the play going. So, 
Right, Rand does not get excluded for this. If I had smacked his teacher in the face, I would have get, got excluded. Yeah, he that's does if it your in, teacher reported it. Obviously, But he does it in front of the whole entire school. It's not like a small... Like, it's not in the classroom. He goes out into the hallway, shouts, everyone looks at him, and then he slaps the teacher. Yeah. But Someone would have reported It is a pretty that. dysfunctional school. And no one likes him either. So... You would have reported it. I would not. <laughs> well, someone would have. Uh, they keep the play going, but the main Mexican's dad says he can't do it anymore. So Steve goes to have a word. I like this. We find out the Mexican is rich. And the dad is a professor in literature. He hates the play because it's shit. <laughs> like the film. Rand goes to the principal to stop the play by giving him the script. So do you want to talk about the professor and the dad, where Steve Coogan's literally just asking him, um, can I get any ideas what would, might make it a bit better? Yeah. That's pretty much all that happens. Then it? um, he wants him to get, get him to help him with the play, and he's like, I'll do anything, like, uh, clean. I'll clean um, your gutters. I'll clean your rain gutters. And he goes, I don't have rain gutters. He goes, you lie, everyone has rain gutters. <laughs> We find out as well here that Hayward is actually a good student with early acceptance to Brown University, <laughs> which I thought was good. But yeah, so Ron goes to the principal to stop the play by giving him the script. Cut to Elizabeth Shue visiting the class. No one knows who she is, and Shue misses the sexual stuff about being an actor. She misses, she she doesn't like that she doesn't get to make out with her patients. <laughs> yeah, that is frowned upon in the. Uh, service service industry, uh, in the care industry. Uh, the principal then says he's going to stop the play, but Steve just tells him he isn't, and then gets his finger stuck in a door. Uh, cuts Steve walking home with his middle finger up in a metal splint, and his wife tells him she's pregnant. It is obviously David Arquette's. That was the most telegraphed joke in the whole entire thing, that she'd been banging. David Arquette. It wasn't really a joke, though, was it? Well. It's not even revealed here that she's sleeping with David Arquette. Not yet. But it's obviously not his. Because. Well, you kind of knew that was. You kind of knew that that was going to happen mm. from the beginning, to be honest. She's a bitch. Yeah. It's just predictable. And shit. Predictable oh, shit. writing. Um, Act four. Hope is a demon bitch. Uh, we see Steve in a copy shop, choosing the colour of his leaflets. This scene is just filler and doesn't need to be in. Yeah, I like it there. <laughs> it literally... Stop staring at me. <laughs> it doesn't need to be in the film at all. It's just so they can get the runtime up to 91 minutes. Uh, they cut to Steve introducing the choir of men. Doing Maniac on the Floor. Uh, the wirework people, the set designers, the principal uh, kicks Steve off school grounds. Sorry. So this is him introducing the wirework people, the set designers, and the, I think it's a gay choir, isn't it? It's... Yeah. The choir were pretty good. Yeah. They were, yeah. Uh, that's one That's of my the only redeeming of... things about the film. <laughs> one of my favourite bits about the film. Um, the wirework guys, when they say... Uh, we watched, what film did they watch? And they said, Kill Bill. Kill Bill. We could do that. And Shit, we got some wire. <laughs> we got uh, harnesses. 
and then they send the quiet girl into a wall. Yolanda. Yolanda. I love you, Yolanda. Uh, the set designers are the workshop men, and he says, not workshop, what are they, metal work in America. Who said shop class was useless? I don't know. Did someone say that? Uh, <laughs> once. Uh, the principal then kicks Steve off school grounds and it gets media attention. Uh, he has to move the play to a warehouse. Media attention? It's still the, still the um, school paper. No, it goes to the school paper and then it goes to the local paper as well because they've got a picture of him dressed as a Mossad agent. Oh, yeah. Um, and he says, I did a, an advert for the Mossad. Uh, I kind of regret it now, but it looks quite good here. Yeah. So, yeah... Uh, he has to move the play to a warehouse, but gets a cease and desist, so could go to jail for putting it on. But Amy Poehler from... Poehler? Poehler? How's it? Poehler? I can't remember how it's pronounced. I think it's Poehler. Poehler. I'm not sure. Amy Poehler from Parks and Rec says she will fight for him in court. Steve is roller-skating home and is intimidated by the principal, who tries to run him over. <laughs> it's a bit, a bit dramatic. <laughs> well, when he opens the door and just like, goes, Stop it. <laughs> That's... Uh, cuts Steve going home and he gets dumped by his wife for Dave and shock horror it's Dave's kid his reaction to this is to play his mini keyboard and drink good plan uh, that bit I actually didn't mind uh, him drinking <laughs> <laughs> you could relate to that could you <laughs> exactly exactly well he had, had just had a proper shit day and so he goes straight for the peach snaps mm. I mean on the bonus he doesn't have a kid anymore yeah. Actually, he's winning in that position. Yeah. And would you want to have a kid with the 40-year-old virgin woman? I wouldn't have a kid Period. with anyone. <laughs> but, yeah, no, not with her. Um, Isn't she the mum from Step Brothers? Oh, no. Man. Oh, no, she... Um, that is... Are you I'm, sure? I am sure. Is that Andy McDowell? No, it's not Andy McDowell. It's... Mary Steenbergen. What else has she been in? Last Vegas, Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. She's the um, Clara in Back to the Future 3. Oh, yes, that's what she's in. Mm. No, it's not the same one. Are they like twins? No. They're completely different women. Okay, yeah, she has been in loads of stuff. She has been in loads of stuff, I know. I can remember her face and loads of stuff. I couldn't remember in Back to the Future 3, though. That's one that I missed. Uh, Hold on. I just want to make sure that we're actually recording. <laughs> oh, you fucking best be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. all good. I didn't want to do all that again. <laughs> uh, just turn it on. It's not already on silent. That's cool. That's fine, then. Two take. Right. So... So Steve Goon has, uh, has to move the play to a warehouse, uh, which is nice. Well, he's we talked about his wife leaving him. Oh, yeah, I've got up to that bit. Uh, he skates to the liquor store for more booze and gets some green alcohol. You can't get that in the UK. No, I think it's illegal. Is it? Well, no, because you can buy like 95 <laughs> proof vodka. Can you? Oh. Yeah. It's called Styler Polish Vodka or something. Jesus Christ, that must make you go blind. 
It's not recommended to drink it. Whatever. <laughs> it's meant, it's like, I think you're supposed to like use it as base for other liqueurs. Oh, right, okay. Well, I think you're supposed to do that with grain alcohol as well. Oh, yeah. Um, cut to the warehouse, and Steve has a breakdown. The quiet one calls him a pussy and finds out that uh, it is sold out. So he's happy again. He gets his roller skate caught, uh, caught in a uh, railroad oh, track. Yeah. And that's about it, really. Of his <laughs> mel- mental Why breakdown. even mention that? That was... Uh... Well, because that's about... Uh, you saw it and you wrote it down. I didn't even write that bit down, I just remembered it. Um, <laughs> act five, no turning back. Cut to Steve having a fight with the parents. He wins. Um, they're outside of the warehouse and he's uh, being shouted at by the parents saying, we do not want our ch- kids to uh, This is when all the orders are arriving and stuff. Mm. Like when one security guys are saying, you don't have a ticket, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we now get to see the play. Well, not really. We get to see a song about face rape. Yay. Elizabeth Shue likes this song. Yes. The next one is about sexy Jesus. Rock me, rock me, rock me, sexy Jesus. I quite like the song. It reminded me of Grease 2. Um, also, I've seen plays with a lot worse production. Because uh, the production values in this are very good. Love it. I love it when the uh, when this plays open and the lights start coming on. It goes, and, the, and that guy's just sat there going, yeah! You're the only one. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um... We get to see the end of the play, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Well, it's just got Jesus and Hamlet going to Jerusalem in thirty in 33 AD. And he just goes, oh, my dad's going to crucify me for this. And no one laughs because it's a shit joke. Mm. If, my, if my dad finds out what I've been up to, he'll crucify me. That's what he says. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, We then get to see the end of the play. It's nice. Also, Amy stops the fire department coming in and says the best line of the movie, Come on, hit me. I'm married to a Jew. I've got nothing to lose. I like like that as well. I could put you away for a year, you firefucker. Um, you said you didn't like that character. I actually think she's. She has got some cringy. She's a bit cringy, but I did like that part. Uh, the play make, makes people have feelings, and Elizabeth Shue gets a lady boner for Steve. The play makes her want to act again. The fire marshal clears out the whole entire place, and that's the end of the, the play. We cut to Amy and Steve walking down a shit street in New York, um, playing Steve's play. Soppy shy ending, as me dad would say. Oh, Donna, for fuck's sake, please let me do your play. Yeah, so he's doing... Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons, yes. <laughs> um, so that's the end of the film. Woo. That was a very enthusiastic play-by-play. Well <laughs> fucking done. Look, I did a lot of it. <laughs> I wrote what I saw. And that's that's all I'm asked to do. I mean, that is a definition of a play-by-play. Yeah. And it was... I didn't giggle throughout all of it like I did the... 
uh, Lethal Weapon one because that one was hilarious. <laughs> that film is hilarious. This film wasn't. So it was very easy for me to keep straight face during the whole of this. Do you want to start your review? Because... Or would you rather me or Zell go first? Yeah, you or Zell go first, because then at least we can fucking sandwich it with a good review. <laughs> <laughs> right, you go first, I'll go last. Um, to be fair, mine isn't that bad. Uh, so, uh, the first half of the film is just dull, uh, with some jokes that fall flat on the face. Uh, I watched the trailer after, and it would show half of one joke from it, and then show the other half of the joke from a different part of the film. It made it a lot funnier. Like, it wasn't hard to make it a lot funnier, but it did. Uh, the second half of the film isn't actually that bad. It's quite nice and a bit of a washover film, but I'd rather have watched Little Nicky or the Alan Partridge film. Um, the first half lets it down and doesn't do enough in the second half to save it. I give it two out of five stars. Two? It, Fuck sick. Could, like, the first time I watched it, I actually only got halfway through and I was like, this film is just making me cringe. It's making my skin crawl with how bad it is. Um, and then, obviously, I watched it the second time and I gave it a bit more of a chance. And the second half isn't that bad. Like, it's not uh, it's not uplifting in any sort of way. I know it's just trying to parody stuff like great, uh, no, Dead Poets Society and inspirational uh, teacher films, but it doesn't ever cross over either into full parody or being good enough to set itself apart from the parody, if you understand where I'm coming from with that. So he isn't, because, like, it's taking the piss, but it still doesn't become its own right a good film. It's shit. <laughs> two is not shit. Two is shit. I gave two to Tucker and Dale. I gave 2.5 to Tucker and Dale. He wouldn't allow me to take off at the start. <laughs> um... I Steve Coogan is pretty much Steve Coogan in it. Uh, his American accent is terrible. Uh, the other actors in the film are just wash away actors. There's nothing really in it that I'd go, oh, that's amazing, or oh, that's really good, or oh, that's barely passable as comedy. <laughs> I, I just see your eyes staring at me now, Mark. Uh, there's... There's nice bits, the songs at the end and the play. I know it's supposed to be the uplifting ending, but it that again kind of falls flat on its face. It's, if the whole entire film had been at that sort of pace, I'd probably given it a 2.5, but it gets a 2. So. <laughs> okay. How did you like it, Mark? It's a fun film. Um usual inspirational teacher um, taking off of Dead Poets Society, Opus, Dangerous Minds, which all the movies I mentioned in this movie as well. Dangerous Minds, I can't remember. Uh, De oh, Dead Poets Society. And Opus. I've never seen Opus. Me neither. Never even heard of it. Oh. <laughs> but it is. It's, uh, it's also an inspirational teacher movie. Oh, good. Um... It doesn't take itself too seriously. Maybe it doesn't take itself seriously enough, is what I put. It's got a lot of cheesy dialogue, which I'm not a big fan of. Uh, Coogan's character is good. I do feel for him. He's annoying, pathetic and oblivious, but I still root for him. Music is great in the movie. Uh, Raped in the Face, Rock Me Sex of Jesus, 
someone saved my life tonight. And the player, it's really good. I think the, the uh, I'd watch that play at the end of the, the uh, that's at the end of the movie. I'd rather have watched the play than the film. Because <laughs> at least that seemed to have something funny about it. Um, the epilogue was a bit too cheesy for me as well, where they're suddenly... All, well, they're not Broadway. all rich and funny. It's not Broadway, though, is well, it's it? On, it's in New York, so Broadway. Well, it's in New York, but it's down a shit alley. Like, they walk onto Broadway a couple of streets over. Yeah. And the fact that he's going out with Elizabeth Shue is a bit stupid. Because she could do better than Steve Coogan. I'd do Elizabeth Shue. But it's good that they made a success of it. Um, and for me, it's a good film. It does have its downsides, but the good points outweigh them. And I can continue to watch this movie for years to come because I've watched this movie shit loads of times. <laughs> I give it a four out of five. Fuck me, Mark. Have you changed that from what it was? Nope. Oh. <laughs> You've just written in four. I've just written oh, in four there. No. Oh, no. Selena. <laughs> it's the ray of sunshine, Zell. <laughs> right. Um, my notes are as follows. <clears throat> Acting. Terrible. Shit accent. Uh, characters, shallow, wooden and shit. Felt like everyone was in it just for the paycheck. Steve Coogan was shit. And then I just put shit again. Uh, choir was good. Uh, the film had no redeeming features. I uh, didn't care if all the characters died. I kind of wish they did most of the time. Um, and if I was in the film, I'd remove my name from the credits. <laughs> Because that was fucking shit. I fucking hate this film. It's gash. So what do you really think? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you said. It, it's shit. And it, the par- it's not a good parody. And it's not serious enough to be a serious film. It's just, it's in the middle, which is shit. It's fucking shit. <laughs> I fucking hate this film, Mark. It's fucking shit. You're fucking shit. Uh, I gave it a 0.5. I can't give it a zero. 0.5? I can't give it a zero because uh, I don't think anything's a zero. Because the people, like the crew, put in effort. The cameramen did their jobs. The lighting, the effects (laughs) people, they all did well. But it just felt like no one cared about it. They didn't care about it. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you on that, that none of the actors really gave it any sort of No, no one or... was outstanding. Like, the stereotypical characters were shit. And, oh, let's have the uh, Mexican kid who's meant to be a gangbanger actually be really smart and his parents really smart. That's shit. It was good, because how that normally goes... I'd much was... rather they were racist than followed through mm. with it than go, oh, no, he's just acting like this. Why is he acting like that? If, if he's brought up properly and he's got amazing grades. Because he's acting out, obviously. Acting out to what? If I had strict cool parents... Par- they're not strict. They're allowing him to be a massive cunt, so they're not strict at all. And the racist chick, she's not fit enough to pull it off either. She's no. just... Uh, it was just proper wank. I don't... I'd, like I said, I hated Tucker and Dale, but I'd watch that. A lot more. I, I, if you said watch that ten times or this movie once, I'd watch Tuckendale ten times. I'd never want to see this film again. I would l- gladly wipe this out of my memory if it took like <laughs> five years off my life. 
I fucking hate this film. <laughs> I thought you would. Um... So, yeah, not point five. Don't watch it, people. So, Hamlet 2 has a randomly reviewed rating of 2.2. <laughs> That's not that bad, actually. Haven't we got ones that are on one point something? I'm surprised you gave it a 2.5. I gave it a 2. You said 2.5? No, I gave it 2 out of 5. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, I did dislike it a lot, but the ending wasn't that bad. And production value-wise, it is quite nice. Like, it's not like it's a shitly made film. That's why I got the 0.5. Like, I'm guessing the director knew what he was doing, and I'm guessing the rest of the crew knew what they were doing. It's I just, just don't see how don't... the script writers, and even Stephen Coogan, or Steve Coogan, read through the script and thought, this is funny, I like it. I don't see how that's possible. Well, this was at the start of him breaking into Hollywood, so... When you're breaking in from what an interview I saw him do about well, this after Night in, Night in Museum, yeah, but he was just a bit of a player in this, yeah, he, this he is... was actually carrying a whole entire film, yeah. So, what they usually do is they'll farm out scripts to people, and you'll be on a hierarchy. And then, if you accept that film, but someone above you accepts that film, then they get it. So, say Owen Wilson wanted to do it, he would have got it instead of Steve Coogan. Owen Wilson probably would have been a better choice as. Uh, yeah, as a actor in that. But it got good critic reviews, and like, like say after the uh, the first screening at the Sundance Film Festival, there was a bidding war to buy the movie. Yeah, and look, they lost out on ten million because they, yeah, they didn't release five. it properly. Or, they didn't release it properly um, outside of America. I don't think. I remember the first time I saw, uh, not a review, but something coming out about this film. Uh, I was on the train to Doncaster reading uh, Empire magazine. And was just like, because I couldn't get a Knotts or a Zoo. <laughs> uh, Why? I don't know. Like, they didn't have them in W.H. Smith for some weird reason. So I was just reading it and I was like, this looks like it's going to be the worst film ever. And then I watched it a couple of years ago, completely forgot all about it. And then when you brought it back up, I was like, ah, oh, I remember I remember that bit. I remember. I don't remember watching it, but I know I have watched it. And then when I rewatched it, I was like, God, this is skin crawly stuff. Um, but watching it all the way through, it wasn't as bad as, well, watching it halfway through. <laughs> I do agree like the second half of the movie is better than the first half, but I don't dislike the first half of the movie at all. But like some of the cheesy lines do bring me out of it. I don't like a lot of the cheesy lines. I think Steve Coogan, that character is written really poorly. Um, I think it's a good character, really. Uh, no, I didn't care. It's not got a lot, like you say. It's not. He's not got a lot of redeeming qualities, but I still rooted for him. It's not about him having redeeming qualities or anything, because he's not like with The Office. If you think about the American version of The Office with uh, Steve Carell, um, that character is—he's really happy, and like he might be a massive loser, but he doesn't realize he's a massive loser. This character does know he's a massive loser. And he he tries to be enthusiastic, but he just comes out as a whiny little prick quite a lot of the time, especially in the first half of the film. And especially when he has his first meltdown, he's just not, he's not likeable in any sense of the word. Steve Coogan played 
Alan Partridge, who is possibly one of the worst human beings ever. But you kind of like Alan Partridge because he doesn't understand that he's one of the worst human people ever. This one seems to have some sort human of... Human people. Human people. Um, As opposed to... <laughs> uh, French. <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> I better stay in. <laughs> I like French people. Sacre I don't bleu. like French people. I've never met a bad one. Uh, and the accent's well hot. Oh, did I tell you that I'm time? not a fan of the French accent. What? A French woman speaking to me just gives me a boner. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, but <laughs> might as well do. Oh, no. A woman speaking French is really hot. I can remember that Wonder Bra advert with Claudia Schiffer when she's speaking French. Fuck me, that was hot. I can't remember that one. German, isn't she? Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's not nice. I don't want to go to the pub in the rain. It'll clear in about a second. Uh, nope. And <laughs> um, so this is our second to worst performing. Was Tucker and Dale the worst? Yeah, <laughs> Tucker and Dale got two. This got two point two. Uh, we should just reverse it because I'd rather watch Tucker and Dale. Um, it did worse than Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. I'd rather watch that again five. and I hated that film as well. I hated that film. I'd watch it over this. I'd actually watch Hamlet 2 over Dead Men. Really? Yeah. No, I'd, I'd watch... Dead, Dead Men Don't Wear Flag just grated me so much. Absolutely grated me. I, I... Oh, no. So the next episode of Randomly Reviewed will be reviewing the Bollywood movie I... I have never watched a Bollywood movie in my life. Haven't you? Ne- not once. They're long. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> Some of them can be about four to six hours. What? I think this one probably about two, maybe three. Months. Right, that's fine. I don't even know anything about it. So, Mark, have a look and I should read the synopsis because I, I don't, don't know want, anything I about. I want to go into it blind, to be honest. I, I want to go into it blind. All right, mm. I'll see how long it is, but I don't even know where we can watch it. I need to figure that out. I'll see if it's on Amazon Prime. Um. Well, weirdly, Netflix has loads of Bollywood. Netflix films, does but... have Bollywood films. Because I remember, was it Rishti TV? We used to... Yeah, we used to watch <laughs> loads of stuff on Rishti TV. Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> no, that looks more like a Scandinavian. Movie. A young trans person, but I don't want to read it. That's the only movie called I on <laughs> IMDb. <laughs> it's not going to be on IMDb. Look for IMD Bollywood. No, <laughs> Bollywood Movies Database. That makes more sense. Bollywood. Are you sure it's just called I? I believe so, yeah. Oh, this is it, I think. Oh, here we go. Movie review. Vikram and Amy Jackson. I think that's the one. Uh, it's 2015. 188 minutes. Three hours and eight minutes. <laughs> Fucking hell. Good luck with the play-by-play on that. <laughs> For fuck's sake. To be fair, a lot of it is just singing and dancing. So I can skip, I can say, oh, that was a good song. Yeah, but that's part of the storyline as well. There needs to be stuff going on. What <laughs> Three hours out. <laughs> There's a man covered in bees in it, all right? Covered in bees. <laughs>